Kid of Van Life. What's up, all you beautiful people out there? Welcome to FNA Van Life. I'm Frankie. I'm Alex. And this is our podcast. Today, we are talking to Alexis, and her husband, Stephen, pops in later in the conversation. They are from Never Say Someday on Instagram. You should definitely check them out. They are a family of four. They have two sons. One, I think, is 10 years old? Uh, nine and six, nine I believe. Nine and six, okay. Nine and six, and they've been traveling on the road, I think it's two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. So, not only have they been traveling on the road for two and a half years, they lived in a van that is smaller than ours for the first two years of it. Yeah, with... Two kids, so four people in a shorty sprinter, which is just unbelievably amazing. Paco just rolled up on in here. He's got his ball. Hold on. Let me get him out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to give you an update from the road real quick before we get into this podcast. But I think that you guys should definitely stick along to learn about how families live on the road, the obstacles they have to go through, and just... Why they think it's a much better lifestyle for the kids at the end of it. Well, so our child is Paco, and that is him with his squeaking toy. So what do we do? We just say we're sorry, and you have to deal with it. Oh, my gosh. We just got done in New York City. We installed some beautiful lights into our van. We're actually doing a contest right now, so if you're interested in winning a super bright, crazy powerful light bar. LED light bar. We are giving away five light bars from this company called Oxbeam. They hooked us up with a light bar, some fog lights, the LED headlights. We've actually got two extra lights that we still need to install in the back. Um, we're really excited to be working with them. The lights are super high quality. Yeah, honestly, we were driving in the middle of the night the other night, and we popped those bad boys on because I was getting a little bit tired, and boom, it felt like it was the middle of the day. It was pretty amazing. They're pretty amazing always. And honestly, it's a really good safety feature because if you're, you know, going into these off-grid situations, especially in winter when it gets dark at like 2 p.m., like, it's ridiculous. So if you're getting to camp anytime after, you know, the sun has set, which is basically the entire day, you really need these extra powerful lights to, like, figure out where you're going. You don't want to hit a branch. You don't want to hit a tree. You don't want to mess your rig up. So having this light bar is actually amazing. And even if you are not a van lifer and you are somebody that likes to go backcountry or you drive in really dark places most of the time, this lighting system might be perfect for you. So make sure to sign up and get your opportunity to win one of these lights. So we'll put the links down below. It's a... Uh, this is the first time we got really fancy with our contest entry system. Yeah, it's with Gleam, which you might have heard of. I don't know, whatever. It's this contest entry system. It's very legit. Um, but so we'll put the link to it down below, or you can find it on our Instagram page at the Instagram links at FNA Van Life. And we're excited to be given five of these super sweet light bars away. Yeah, yeah. And so a quick update from the road is after putting in those lights, we made our way to Montana, Big Sky. And we. Had an opportunity to snowboard the mountain, which was amazing once again. But when we got back to our vehicle... Winter van life is hard, y'all. Yeah, we did really good the first time around, I feel like. But when you think about it, when we first started, it was winter van life. And we had a couple issues the first couple weeks. Oh my goodness, we had no plumbing that works. Like, everything was frozen. And after we fixed all that, we were traveling for quite some time. And then we finally got to a spot where it was like gloom and... We had no sun for about a week, and it was extremely cold in New Hampshire, and we lost our battery system, basically, so it was pretty much 
hard to run anything in the van, as well as our heater, right? I don't know how we stayed so, like, positive and upbeat. Well, uh, a few days <laughs> a few days later, we or a few days later, we left New Hampshire, and when we were leaving New Hampshire, we found some sun on the way to Maine, which helped our battery bank. Well, when did we install our battery battery charger? We didn't charger? install the battery battery charger until we got your family's house. Mm, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So we made it all the way up until that point uh, without really having it uh, was a lot rough, of sun. though. It like was we rough. literally had to bring our cell phones into Starbucks to charge them, yep. and like we were using our computers basically exclusively outside of the van. But we found a way. You know, we found yeah. a way. Our refrigerator somehow stayed on. Wow, well, we also heater <laughs> somehow stayed on. It was you know, a lot of work, and I feel like we were having so much fun. Well, I don't know. We were doing all these mountains. Excuse me. And I feel like we were just, like, in go-go-go mode and wasn't really thinking about, like, you know, and we had just got on the road, so we were in the high of, like, just getting on the road, and now it's two years in, and we've grown accustomed to a certain amount of luxury in our glamping. <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny to say, because if you think living in a van, you don't necessarily think, you know, luxury. But for us, it feels like luxury. And for a lot of people out there, it feels like luxury. So when you lose something... So good, like when you lose your battery heat? system, when you lose your heat, when you have frozen pipes, you know, these are things when you lose them, it feels like a lot. Yeah, and we're staying positive and we're staying upbeat and everything's cool, but we have some things that we need to sort out um, and we just have to do it in sub-freezing temperatures. I will say the most amazing part is that there are people that randomly kind of come into our life at the perfect time and just... The, the universe kind of gives us exactly what we need and maybe we're exactly what those other people need, you know, for whatever it is, whether it's help in social media. Well, or we're always trying to bless other being, people, you know, like if you're kind enough to help us, we want to help you in whatever way we can. Mm-hmm. So we have another contest that's going to be coming up with one of these people that just like happened to help us. She's a small business owner. Her product is really beautiful. Um what it's called Bozeman branded yep. on Instagram. She makes these really cool, beautiful custom gloves, uh, which we need because our heat was not working. Well, with all that being said, <laughs> definitely go check out the YouTube videos. We're gonna have a lot of awesome content coming out, as well as you know the real life things that happen on the road. Yeah, if you have any inclination to doing winter van life. We're going to show you all the things not to do so that well, you can all, have a very enjoyable time. All the things to be prepared for. Yeah. Not not to do because it's, you know, we are also showing you a lot of things that to do. Yeah. I mean, we're having a good time, but it's also, it comes with its, it's own challenges. particular sets of challenges and yeah. obstacles and all these things that you have to overcome. Anyways. We are excited to be talking to Alexis today. We siphoned a bunch of internet from Starbucks in order to record this show, so we got to give a big shout out to the free Starbucks Wi-Fi. Thank you so much. And let's get into this conversation with Alexis and Stephen from Never Say Someday. Thank you so much for being with us today, Alexis. We're excited to talk. So why don't you just kind of give us a quick rundown of the vehicle you're in, you know, your family that you're traveling with, just kind of like you in a nutshell. Sure. Yeah. So my name's Alexis and our Instagram handle that we're known as, I guess, is never say someday. We started, um, and when I say we, it's my husband, myself, and then our two young boys, 
Um, my oldest son, Levi, is nine, and my youngest son, Harvey, is six and a half. And then we have our dog, Ruby. Um, we started out two and a half years ago. We decided to heck with this hamster wheel. We want something different out of life. We had like checked all of the right boxes, you know, according to societal standards. And we just found ourselves in this like rut where it was like, every, this is every day for the rest of our lives until our kids move out and we retire. And then we get to go travel and do the things we want to do. And when we started thinking about it, it was like, why are we waiting for someday? Why shouldn't we be doing this now? Like, why can't we be thinking about living life in a different way? And so we sold everything. We sold our home and pretty much everything in it. We had a passenger van, uh, like a Sprinter, Mercedes Sprinter. And we had already included a sort of a makeshift bed for camping trips and so for six months, my husband worked like day and night converting the van and we hit the road two and a half years ago. Things have changed since then. Um, apparently kids grow um, bigger and bigger with time. <laughs> and so we were only supposed to do a year of travel. And after the year came up, we were like, what the heck? We have barely scratched the service. Um, and this lifestyle for us really worked. And so just recently this past summer, um, we bought an Airstream, which I'm in now, and it's a 28-foot flying cloud. Um, it gives us a lot more room um, since going out um, on the road. I've picked up freelance work, you know, because when we first started, both of us quit our jobs um, and worked off of our savings and whatnot. So it gives me the space to work the kids, the space to comfortably sleep. And they love that we've got a TV now and some of the other amenities like um, heat and air conditioning, which can extend our travels into um, some, you know, some of the states and areas where we were sort of limited with our van. I have so many questions. The first van you guys were in was a 140 Sprinter, correct? Correct. This, yeah, it was the shorty. Yeah, and, she had a family of four and a dog. Right? Yes, and yes. The shorty. Right. How, what was that in the beginning like? Was it, I mean, you guys did it for over a year in that particular yeah. van, right? So it had to be comfortable enough. But like, what were the challenges that you guys faced sure. along the way in that vehicle? Yeah, I know when most people hear that, they're like, how? Um, which is really funny because we are just the type of people that we adapt to whatever setting we're in. And for us, we had used that van as a camping vehicle. And so mostly what it was designed for was, we would call it like the ultimate adventure vehicle, right? Because we wanted to be outside a majority of the time. So we chased the nice weather um, and really tried to not be in situations where we're all sort of stuck in the van all the time. Um, like stealth camping was not our jam, right? We would do it occasionally when necessary, but, um, we really tried to promote for our kids and ourselves just being outside. So we did everything. We cooked outside. Um, we hung out outside and it was really only until like, you know, nighttime where we would come in and all be in the van together. Um, I would say at first, it was just a little different because it's like, okay, now none of us have our private space. Um, I think like for my husband and I, we learned very quickly that we can't hold a grudge and we just have to 
like fight it out or talk it out and let it be like, there's, I, there's no room for me to go stomping upstairs and like shut my door and watch my house. <laughs> it's like, you know, like we've got to like confront issues head on. Um, but for us, I don't know. It was just something, I think maybe because we were so appreciative of, you know, both of us worked full-time jobs and with our kids in school and preschool, like we had such short hours together during the day that like now we were all together. And of course, sometimes you want to like pull out your hair because there's not enough space, but like, I was just so appreciative for the time, um, and the extra cuddles and all of that stuff that like, I sort of overlooked anything that was negative, um, you know, coming into that experience. I feel like you were probably riding a bit of a high too. Cause like when you, totally you know, get on the road. It's like, we quit our jobs. We sold our house, you know, we're rolling, like, let's do right. that. So you're kind of just like excited about everything and all these yeah. new challenges are just opportunities to like figure something out. But yeah. it definitely sounds like you had to chase the weather because yes. if you're living your lives like outside, yeah. you know, you know, we're in Calgary right now. It's six degrees Fahrenheit. It's right. very cold. Brutal. You, know, you could do a little bit of outdoor activities, right. but not like a whole day cooking, eating all this outside. So did that really play a part in where you guys were traveling? Yes, 100%. I mean, and the nice thing about the van is that everything's always with you. So, you know, we found ourselves in circumstances where it was like, okay, it's getting a little too cold. We might do one night at, I think like our worst night was like 28 degrees. And we were like, never again, because- (laughs) You know, because we don't have, um, in the van, we only had the auxiliary heater. So somebody had to get up and go press the button for that to kick on. And it had to get down, I think it was like 39 degrees or something like that for it to kick on, but you'd have to keep going back to press it. So, you know, for us, we always chase the weather, like sort of 70, 80 degrees was like our sweet spot. I know that it got really difficult um, two years ago in the summer of the really brutal wildfires in California, Oregon, and Washington, we, we either found ourselves up against going East towards snow, which we knew we couldn't handle. Um, and we couldn't go West because of the wildfires and the smoke. And we sort of stayed in Idaho. Um, fortunately, like the weather was fine, but the air quality was crap. And so, you know, you're always sort of, in the van, we are always sort of like, okay, should we go? Like we're just on our phones constantly trying to check the right weather. And, um, it is sort of a, it's a, it's a process, you know, and it's, um, it's something that you're always thinking about and you're always worried about. I know that last year we went to, um, Olympic national park, which is just absolutely gorgeous, but it was November, early November. And, the moisture in the air. We went to the laundromat four times just to dry things out. And that's when we were all sort of stuck in the van because there's just, you know, rain and moisture everywhere. And, um, we were like, never again, (laughs) (laughs) we won't do that ever again. So we really would try to find the optimal places to go so that we weren't up against it. Like in the winter, Um, This will be our third winter going into Baja, Mexico. It's become like our favorite place and it gives us the opportunity to be in nice weather and not have to worry about, okay, where are we going to go hunker down until 
you know, things get better. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Well, it sounds like we might be meeting you in Baja this winter, then. Yeah, we're looking at headed down there like uh, end of February. So if you guys are still down there, we'll definitely. Yeah, we will. Sweet. We would love to see you guys. Sweet. Awesome. Um, So let me ask you this then. What was kind of like, you know, you said you were on a one year travel, which is actually how we started as well. We're like, we're going to do this for one year. I feel like that feels like more manageable. It's not like Mm -hmm. I'm completely uprooting and changing my life forever. It's like this little like, you know, bite of the. Yes. Wanderlust. Right. Um, But so what was the point where you were like, okay, the van's not working. We want to keep doing this. We need to upgrade. Like, how did that kind of unfold for you? Yeah. So I think for us, we, you know, we were thinking at the time I hadn't been working and I just sort of stumbled into some freelance work with one of my old um, bosses And I was kind of like, okay, I like this again. Like I'm not working a full-time job. I'm not like, you know, um, committing my whole life to my career like I was before. And it was getting harder and harder to manage, um, like me having to drive into town to go get Wi-Fi because we only had one vehicle. So it was like, okay, everybody pack everything up. We're all going into town. Steven would have to like, we tried to schedule like groceries and laundry and all that stuff to coincide on the same day. Um, but then it was like, what are the kids going to do? You know, like, um, they're a little too young to be, um, self-sufficient enough to be doing their schoolwork. Like we kind of have to like keep them on top of it. And so it was just sort of a conversation that was like, okay, if we're going to keep going, the van is not going to be feasible for us in the long run. My, um, my oldest has probably grown like a foot and a half since we started and like they were only supposed to be sleeping with us in the van bed and then it quickly became okay they, now you guys are sleeping on the floor we, we didn't even have a true yeah. bed for them it was just like sleeping mats and sleeping bags and um we knew that if the kids were going to continue then they needed to have their own dedicated space something that was a true bed um and so we had talked about, okay, let's just go look and see. We can sell the van um, as much as that like breaks my heart because we really, really, really loved our van. But um, yeah, it was at that point where we decided, okay, let's just go look. And then if we find something cool, um, if not, we'll just like, we'll keep it moving and we'll figure something out. And luckily we found um, the Airstream that we were wanting. It's got a bed in the back for Steven and I, the dinette converts to a bed, which is where the kids sleep. And then it actually has another um, bed area that like once the kids get a little bit older, if they want their own bed space, they have it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure that they were very happy about it as well as, you know, they deserve a bed. I feel like they've been pretty yeah. good. Too. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> like a real bed at least. Number, yeah. One of the top questions like, where do the kids sleep? And I'm like, well, they sleep on the floor, but it's comfortable. It's, comfy, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like a sleepover every day, you know, but yeah, our kids are really happy to be in the Airstream. I feel like they've, we've got like, we didn't have a dedicated 
like dining space either. We were just, if there was a picnic table at the campground, we were able to sit outside and eat there. Or, you know, we were just sort of huddled, you know, like in our camp chairs around each other. So it's it's been... Um, better for us to move into a larger space and have like the ability to cook inside, eat inside. Um, like our, our kids love to be able to watch movies on the TV. It's like some of the um, the little things that they really appreciate. So it's worked out for us. Yeah, it seems like it was a necessary upgrade for the kids. One of the questions that I that dawns on me, and I think it probably dawns to the audience too as well, the kids, when you were on the road, is there any specific things that have happened that you think that they may have learned from that was quite different than being in a stationary home? Like say you had a breakdown and your husband had to work on something that they, were they able to also gain the knowledge and watch, you know, can you give yeah. us a, a specific thing like that? Yeah. I think we've all learned a lot of patience in this journey. Um, you know, I, um, my husband and I are both Portuguese, so we have we can have some quick tempers <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and um, I think that we've just really we sort of recognize like, listen, like this is what it is. We're going to have issues on the road. We all sort of have to overcome and adapt. I think for our kids, the biggest lesson for them was, you know, they my my oldest he was in transitional kindergarten and then kindergarten when we pulled him out. So he started first grade homeschooling. And then my youngest had been in preschool, but he had never been to traditional school. And so they had to leave behind some of their school friends and their cousins. And so the biggest lesson for them was they know now that when they're on the road, they might have five minutes to make a friend at the playground. They might have a couple days at the campground. Um, they make friends super duper fast. And when they make friends, like, it's like, okay, all we want to do is play. And so for Steven and I, we had to learn like, hey, maybe today we just don't do homeschool because the kids really want to play with their new friends and build those relationships. And also sort of, you know, you, as a kid, you sort of learn like, some of the uh, societal standards for how to interact with other people on the playground and outside. And it's a really important aspect of life. And so for our kids, we really wanted to make sure that when they are making friends on the road, they, they do have those experiences where they're going to have to troubleshoot like so-and-so is being mean or so-and-so took, you know, my only toy that I brought on this <laughs> adventure. Like, how do I navigate that? And so that I think has been the biggest learning experience um, for the kids that they make friends fast. And if there's no kids around, um, they will adopt adults like nobody's business. Like as soon as they, it's like they find the, like the youngest, the most youthful person in the, in the group. And they're like, Hey, have you heard of this like video game? It's called Mario brothers, (laughs) 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 you know? And so they, they find commonalities with people wherever they go. I think that's awesome. And, you know, the social aspect of it is so critical. I think a lot of kids these days, we don't have kids, so I'm, you know, shooting from the hip. But I feel like a lot of them are really into their video games or into their phones or into whatever. And so a lot of the social skills are kind of disappearing for a lot of kids. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to hear that, you know, these kids are having these skills of making friends and making new friends quickly. And I think a lot of the kids that we've met on the road, 
are kind of the same in that like they could talk to anybody and they could make friends with anybody and they're just really outgoing and, you know, have these communication skills that, you know, when we visit, you know, normies, you know, those kids are much more reserved or much quieter, you know, in their phones the whole time. And so it's really nice that, you know, they're getting these experiences. Let me ask you this. Was homeschooling ever something that was on your radar as a parent, you know, before van life or anything like that? And how has that been for you as the teacher now? Yeah, no, it was never on my radar because both Steven and I worked. And so for us, it was like, you know, the kids had been in preschool. My, my oldest had been in preschool since he was a year and a half. My youngest started going to the same preschool at three months. And so like, that's, that's all we really knew. And I, I would have never envisioned myself as a teacher for anyone (laughs) because, you know, it's just like, it's not what I was, it's not what I went to school for. It wasn't like within my skill set. I would say, um, but we knew if we went into this lifestyle, we would have to homeschool. I think like in the beginning, it was a lot harder because I had these, again, sort of like expectations or standards that you just, you know, it's like, okay, well, if we come back in a year and the kids go back into traditional school and they get tested for some reason, like, I don't want them to be, I don't want them to have gaps or be, you know, like missing you know, key skill sets because we missed out on teaching that. And what I really quickly learned was every day, every op, there's opportunities everywhere for the kids to learn something new. Um, And it's not necessarily about the pencil to paper work. You know, it's going and visiting national and state parks. It's talking to new people. It's talking about the geology or the geography, like everything around us, like going to the bank and paying with a credit card. And like all of these little things, our kids have gotten really good at being like, okay, well, why do you use that credit card? Like, how does that work? Where's your money? You know, like um, all those things, you know, equal a lesson um, and some sort of learning opportunity for kids. And so we've really tried to lean into that. We do a little bit of paperwork they do some online Spanish classes and then everything else is really hands-on outside learning, trying to sort of get an appreciation for the areas around us. Um, you know, when we're in Mexico, it's an awesome opportunity for them to understand the culture, the people, the language, the food, all the things that come with travel that um, most people probably wouldn't associate with, you know, learning or homeschool. Yeah, I think when we wind up being in Baja and seeing you guys, I think the kids are going to have to teach me Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) They might. You never know. (laughs) It's just amazing to me, like, um, you know, just for a lot of people out there, our minds are very focused on what we're so used to, right? And, you know, this, to a lot of people, this lifestyle is kind of weird, especially for people with families. Like, one of the things that happens to us all the time is a lot of people project on us, like, Oh, when you have a kid, you're gonna go stationary, right? Or you're gonna right. you're gonna get a regular home and you're gonna go to the regular stuff and you know, but that doesn't necessarily have to happen, you know. And yeah. we try to explain that to them and they they come back with arguments. I'm like, but you haven't lived on the road, so you don't even understand. Right. You know, yeah. And it, it's wonderful to see families like yourselves, you know, I feel like you guys thrive on the road. I, you know what? It's funny. I, 
I feel like this is what we were meant to do. I think it drives our family bonkers because they would all rather us be home. We, we're like all of our family is in one location. Our, you know, our hometown is our hometown. And like, thankfully it's not spread out all over the place, but it does make it hard because we're doing something so different and so unique. And we thought we would only be doing the year and we really found our groove. Like my marriage is stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship with my kids is better because of it. And I think like when we do go home and see family, we are so much more appreciative of the time we have together. It's quality time. It's not the quantity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like, it's really hard sometimes for people to, I think uh, there's two yeah. things that happen. Like either people um, like just completely don't understand the lifestyle and it just seems so foreign or it becomes glamorized. And I think the glamorization is the thing that is really hard to see sometimes because it's like, it is awesome. It can be amazing, but it also is a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's so much on the back end that people don't show and, and, talk about sometimes that I think it's sort of a catch 22 between the two things, you know? Yeah. What are some of the things that you think people should know more about? Like, what are some of the things that you don't think people are showing, you know, like that side of it? Yeah. I think it's, um, I think one thing that drives me really nuts is a lot of people will say like, when are you guys going to go get a real home? When are your kids going to go to a real school? Like, this is real. This is my life. (laughs) Like this, you know, like the things I'm teaching my kids are real. Um, and that's a common, you know, misconception. I think, um, you know, you're going to have the challenges like early on when we were in the van, um, we would always be like, okay, we're going to, let's say we're going to Rocky mountain national park. We got to go find a camp spot. We've got this one camp spot outlined and it's going to be great. It's supposed to be have beautiful views. We get there. It's biz. It's full. Or there's, you know, like the road is closed. Like, and then the process of going in, you know, like six, seven spots and the sun is setting and you're like, oh shit. Like I, we need a spot to sleep. Like we've, you know, some of those things I think get challenging um, for us most recently. Like we've just had sort of one thing after the other. I was in a car accident uh, a couple of weeks ago. Everything's fine, but it was like brand new truck, you know? And then um, three days later, our water tank collapses and drags on the highway. And so now we don't have a fresh water tank. Oh, no. <laughs> so that we can only... Oh, like, did that be under warranty? Like you have a brand new? No, but it's uh, well, we bought our Airstream used oh, from okay. another company. So, but like, and then now the the parts for the water tank because everything's stuck on ships out in the ocean right yeah. now. Like, and then it's not even okay. Once we have the water tank, it's going to take at least three or four months to get an appointment scheduled to get it fixed. And so there's all these little types of things that I think sometimes people forget or you know, so I find myself doing this. If like things are going negatively, it's almost like I shut down my social media and cause I'm like, okay, I just need to focus on the issues at hand, but then we're not necessarily always talking about those things. And so you're only seeing like, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful Epic, you know, trail that took me to this picturesque view and whatnot, you know? 
I think that's really common for people. Like I do that too. Like if I'm having a really shitty bad day, the last yeah. thing I want to do is, is get, get on, on an Instagram story and like, you know. I do say that we share a lot more of that stuff over on our YouTube channel. And we talk about yeah. it here on the podcast as well. We try to be as transparent yeah. as possible. It is yeah. easier to film the happier moments than it is to film yes. the, you know, the messed up things or the stuff right. that makes you upset. But I think what we've learned too is that people like watching the messed up stuff. And like yeah. if our YouTube video is negative, negative, like the title and thumbnails, like worst day ever. <laughs> people are like, ooh, like we But but at the same time, the Instagram, the only way it really gets shared or fed out to more people is when it's like positive or glamorous, okay. right? Or like so picturesque. Us as yes. us as humanity, like what we do is we pick the glamorous thing over the you know the right. shitty thing a lot of the time like if you have a you know not so great photo compared to a very glamorous you know beautiful sure. photo you're gonna look at that glamorous one more and a lot right. faster and it will get shared and liked and commented on yeah. a bit quicker than the harsh reality of what's going yeah. on you know we do like to share that i know you as a writer right you you yeah. share that stuff as well it might yeah. be a little bit different but i i do think that People need to like seek after that a little bit more if that's yeah. what they're looking for, and totally. like so doing their own research to find the bad things. Yeah, I try, too. yeah, I try to keep it as real as possible. I think like when we were starting out and we were following, there was not a lot of families <clears throat> doing this. There was like hardly. I think there was one family, Malimish. They were in a van in Europe, and I was just trying to find families that were in vans traveling. And I ended up just going with, you know, schoolie families or RV families. And I remember just asking around, like, what's the adjustment like for your kids? How are your kids doing? And they would have, they'd be like, the kids love it. Everything's great. Like there's, you know, there's no issues. And I sort of was looking for like, give me the bad stuff. But I think like, you know, for every person, it's totally different. Like, you know, if you're a solo um, female van lifer, like you're the things that you encounter are going to be a little bit different than even a couple or a family on the road. Right. And so trying to take those things into consideration and yeah, we just try to keep it as real as possible and let people, you know, like not be Debbie Downers, but also like this is part of this lifestyle. And like, I think the wildfires for us was a big wake up call um, mm. last year because it was like, holy shit, we have nowhere to go. Like we could come home to our family, but it's raining ash. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it was one of those things where it became very obvious to us. Like if we want to continue doing this, like we have to be really thoughtful and, and start planning better and figuring out. And I think that's what kind of led to the Airstream in some ways too, is like, all right, we well, have to have something that can be sort of an all weather situation. Yeah. Do you think that since we're all nomadic and we're all travelers, we there's a lot of great moments. And I feel like the great moments outweigh the negative ones. Yeah. Do you think it's because that we um, we take it differently and our attitude to like get things done is a bit different that when people do ask us that question, like, what about the bad stuff? We're like, well, it's not that bad. Is, do you yeah. think that comes into play? I think it could. I mean, I definitely feel like if you're, you know, if you're a glass half empty kind of a person, like 
this probably isn't the lifestyle for you. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can look, I literally, you could look at situations and take it one way or the other. I do think like myself and my husband, we've always been really good with change. And so I think like you, if you can adapt very easily and like go with the flow and not let things ruffle your feathers too much, then I think that, you know, this is the type of lifestyle that could be for you. But I do, you know, I, we've always said like, if you have problems or issues in your home life prior to going to full-time travel, like those issues aren't going away. If you have money issues, they're going to be there. If you have relationship issues, they're going to be there. Like, so finding what is the, you know, how are we going to deal with those things? Because when you're on the road, you're now in a pressure cooker situation. You know, you're in a smaller space. Um, there's change happening all the time. Those things can really impact, you know, relationships and, and whatnot. I mean, thankfully for us, I think we've had a lot of bumps in the road. You know, I lost my job like years ago, two weeks after we bought our house and thought that that was the end of the world. And then that happened again, like two days after we bought a new vehicle. And so that was all happening before Steven and I got married. And so I think like when you can weather those rocky moments, like it prepares you for stuff like this. A mm-hmm. little bit of a swing. We're talking about relationships and, yeah. you know, you and Steven living in that tiny sprinter van <laughs> And intimacy. Yeah, that's not going to ask. Okay, so this was funny because this was like our number one question that we would get from people all the time. And it never failed. Like my parents watch our Insta stories stuff and I'm like, guys, we just get it done. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the van, uh, I think it was a little tricky at first. We would wait for the kids to go to sleep. Um, you know, like I became very, um, in tune with putting on the calm app and like getting the kids into like the deep slumber (laughs) (laughs) so that we could do our business. Um, but we never, it's funny because we never had any issues. We've never had any, like, what are you doing mom and dad? You know, um, and our sex life is better now than it has ever been. Um, I, because I think that like being in a small space creates a lot of intimacy, um, and you are super in tune with your partner and what they're going through and what their needs are. So yeah, we've never really had any, any issues with that. It's just making sure those darn kids are asleep and asleep. Good. (laughs) I think that's, you know, with any, even for us moving into the van in terms of intimacy, there was, you know, um, a learning curve almost in terms of yeah. like feeling comfortable and like you know the first couple times I was probably like everybody's gonna know Alex like the band is, yeah. is moving like the band is rocking <laughs> she was totally in a panic like the first I would say at least two months you know <laughs> once once that started to change you know she I feel like she became a lot more excited about well it. I think just like yeah. being more comfortable in the space and yeah. like yeah. when you first move into a van there's a lot of new things and there's a lot of right. change and like I feel like the first little while in a van is just kind of stressful generally because it's like well we're not going to be able to find somewhere to sleep and how are we going to get water and like right you know, everything feels like a bigger thing whereas now yeah. like two years on the road it's like oh well of course we're gonna find somewhere to sleep of totally. course you know it's like it just yeah things become easier and so I think 
you know, in terms of the intimacy, that also becomes easier as well. Yeah. I think you also have like the, the, if you feel like a teenager again, a little bit, you know, cause you're like in the vehicle and you, you know, it's like, you're kind of watching out. <laughs> and stuff. I think like, you know, I think it can add some excitement that maybe isn't there in your, you know, like traditional, you know, room setting or whatever. Totally. Sure. And for the listeners, if you guys want to know about how to have sex in a van, we've made a video about it. On What's your video. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> That is literally my favorite van life video of all time. Like, oh wow, that's I feel I like it. that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people found us through that video because it's a big question out there in the world, you know. And and it's a you know, I think it's a valid question. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, then I also think back to like when you're a teenager, right, and you have a vehicle and you do that for the first time in the vehicle. Like a lot of kids as teenagers do that. Right, you know? exactly. Like, you can do it in a car. It's a lot easier to do it in a van. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear that, you know, you guys have became closer as partners and even as a family in general. Yeah. Um, and having such a tiny space, you would think that, you know, for a lot of people, they feel it would drive them apart. But I think the opposite would happen for them. Yeah. You know? well, but also, like you were saying, if you already have these divides in your relationship and you're already fighting sure. about things, we know a lot of couples who, you know, started van life as couples and now they're not that couple anymore. Yep. Yep. It's right. like, oh, I've got to rebrand my Instagram and all this yes. stuff. But, you know, I mean, that's obviously the smallest issue when you're breaking up. But, you know, people who started together on the road are now no longer together because, it's almost like, you know, when people are like, oh, our relationship is so bad, we should have a baby and then that'll yeah. solve all of our problems. Yes. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, well, if we move into a van and start traveling, then all of our problems will go away. Right. But that's yeah. not the case. No. And I think, um, you know, we're we're fortunate enough. I think this is why it's so hard to quit this lifestyle is like when things, when you do find that like, oh, this is your jam and like, our relationship is better and we're more in tune with our kids. Like it does become a lot harder to think about like integrating back into our old ways of living because you know, the pendulum can swing back so fast to, you know, the way that it was before. Um, you know, and I think like, just like, especially with my kids, like knowing when, okay, Hey, like Levi needs a break. Let's just like, we need to go outside or, you know, do something different or, you know, the nice thing now about being in a, a trailer with the truck is like, I can be like, all right, bud, let's go in the truck. Like we're going to go for a drive or we're going to, you know, like we can sort of give ourselves the space that we might need, you know, to just sort of like decompress and, and chill out. Let's take a quick break to listen to our sponsor. It's us, FNA Van Life. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our Van Life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. In the van, it was like, all right, go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> go hug a tree for like yes. five minutes and then come back. Exactly. So I was going to ask, what do you think, you know, you see your next like five years? Like, are you guys 
sustainable on the road in terms of money? Like, do you think that mm-hmm. you, know, you could continue this lifestyle indefinitely? Or do you think you'll get to a point where it's like, we have to settle down and get real jobs? And Yeah, I you know, it's hard to say. I think right now, like when we think about it, we neither of us want to quit. Like, we would love to keep it going. Uh, I think there's just so much out there. Like we haven't even gone on the East coast. We want to do Alaska and Canada. I think like we also at some point would love to travel internationally, like ditch the the rigs and, you know, go backpack Europe or whatever. Um, it's hard to say. I think like there's a couple of factors for us. Like as long as my kids are having a good time and thriving in this situation, like will continue the minute that they are like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this. Um, you know, it's funny sometimes like my oldest will have, he'll be like, I want to just go back home. And, you know, I just want to be with my grandparents and cousins. And I, and it's like, okay, we can, we could totally do this. Now we have to look at like, here are the trade-offs like mommy and daddy go get a job. You've got to go to school. And now school is like six to seven hours a day versus one to two hours a day. You know, like we have to sort of prime them to be thinking about, okay, what are the trade-offs if we go back into a traditional way of living? And for us, you know, we saved up enough by selling the house and all of our stuff for that first year of travel that we really were able to kind of travel and live together without any, you know, true distractions. I have picked up freelance work. Um, I went back to my old company that I was working for um, when I quit my job and said, Hey, if you guys need anybody to help pick up some slack anywhere, I'm here. And what I've been able to do in 20 hours a week, it has exceeded my salary from a full-time position where I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, and so because of that, I feel like now I know, you know, I quit my job when I was 38, you know, I'm 40 now. And even though I feel young, like on paper, I know that that can mean something to people. Um, but it reaffirmed for me, like I can do whatever I want. We will always overcome. We will always be able to sustain a lifestyle, however we choose to live, whether it's me working or my husband working. Um, so for us, that's working in our favor big time right now. Um, just the ability to do freelance and, um, you know, save up that money because we don't have the typical expenses that you would have in a home. Um, so I don't know the, the question is sort of open-ended for us. Like I would love to see us. I can't imagine going back into a traditional setting but I know the time is going to come like maybe when my kids hit puberty or something, where I'm going to be like, all right, guys, <laughs> you need your own space. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, we figured it out, but we were also over 30 when we started this. Right. So like, <laughs> we probably need a little bit of, you know, yes. alone time. Right. <laughs> um, I think it's bananas that you're able now to fully replace your corporate income. Yeah. By potentially working less hours. I know that being freelance, there's, you know, a certain amount of stress or, you know, just being an entrepreneur, generally you're in charge of everything and you're making sure. And like, if a client cancels or, you know, whatever, like it's more personal stress, I think, than working just a regular nine to five job. You show up at nine, you leave at five, you get paid every Friday. It doesn't matter. Right. right? So you have more advocacy over 
how, how you much you're working, right. where you're working, all that. But like that you could literally be making more money now than you were sitting at a desk for 40 hours a week. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And like you said, your expenses are lower. So Steven doesn't have to get, you know, that same yeah. job that he had before. Cause it's right. like, you know, your monthly expenses are just not the same as they would be with, if you have had a house and the two cars and you know, right. everything that goes along with that. Yeah. It's just a much yeah. more sustainable lifestyle. Totally. I think it's hard sometimes because people will ask like, how did you guys get started? And like, you know, sometimes I have to remind them, I'm like, we had 15 years in the game before we hit the road. You know what I mean? So we had a lot of experience. We had a lot of savings built up. You know, we sold our home, we sold literally everything in it. So we had a good cushion. And when I started doing the freelance, I didn't need it. And I think that that was the difference for me was like, you need me. I don't need you. (laughs) And that helped. Um, but I also really was adamant, like, I need my flexibility. I don't want to take meetings. I like, I put some ground rules out there and it made a huge difference for the way that I've been working and the, the ability to sustain it because I'm, I set the parameters for what I want to do. And I also know, Hey, if for some reason at some point I have to go you know, find another client, like I can still do the same and people will respect it. You know, I think, especially in this lifestyle, there's not a lot of people that, uh, you know, that you may know in person that are doing these things. And so, um, I think that that makes a difference for people. They're willing to sort of, uh, make adjustments if necessary. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've got a plug in. I'm losing my power. Nope, <laughs> I no take your time. We'll let you get settled. Yeah, no I was I've actually kind of been like watching our battery level also because we're not plugged in right now, but I'm like, you know, it's yeah ticking down. Well, that's another <laughs> thing about the lifestyle, right? Is right now we're on the road, we're traveling, so we have yeah. to be caught we have to be conscious and cautious of you know how much power we have in our van, especially you know, right. just snowed, there's snow on the panels. I still haven't went up there and cleaned them off. So we probably won't <laughs> yeah. done. you know, there's a lot to think about. Luckily, you know, we could charge while driving. So right. that, that's how we utilize our power right now um, in the winter time. But yeah, I, I think it's incredible. Just the, the uh, everything that you guys have achieved in, you know, such a short time in the lifestyle. And I think you were, really on to something when you said like you guys had 15 years in the game, you know, Alex and I had about 10 years in the game in corporate life, you know, um, and we were able to save money and we're big advocates on making sure that you have the funds to be able to enjoy your time while you're doing it, you know? I mean, I think, you know, if somebody's in their early twenties and they want to do it, I will never say don't. You know what I mean? Because I think one of the things that propelled us into this lifestyle was, you know, I was, I work in marketing. And so we would have these like, you know, corporate meetings where you have icebreakers and I'll never forget. There was one time they were like, what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? And everybody went around the table and like, people were like, I've moved across the country or, you know, like I did a, you know, a stint in Europe after college. And I was like, fuck. I have not done anything like I have done everything by the book. And that's even though that at that point in time, I would have never envisioned full-time travel for myself. It put a little tiny seed in the back of my brain. Like, 
okay, maybe, maybe it's not for me this in this lifetime, but for my kids, I should make sure to encourage them to go follow their dreams and, and take risks and learn from those things. Like we, as people need adversity in our lives, we, you have to have something to, to overcome. And I think, um, you know, for people that want to try this lifestyle, like I would encourage them, you know, go for it, but like, know what you're getting into and know, you know, that that it does come with some challenges and that it is, you know, it is a lot easier, I think, to quit your job and sell all your shit and hit the road um, versus, you know, I'm starting at ground zero. Totally. I think the adversity that van life offers in terms of like the daily having to think about things like where is my water level at? Where is my power Um, bank at? Have I smashed the snow off the roof? You know, like when you live in a traditional house, you don't have any of these really like micro challenges, I guess, you know, it's just like you're on autopilot, you wake up, you have unlimited water, you have unlimited heat, you know, obviously sometimes things break or, you know, whatever, but it's much more rare that you have to actually think about resource management and all this stuff. And I think that in terms of living in a van, that all of those little micro challenges are also micro achievement, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, I got water. Like I did something today, you know, like it's a big deal because, you know, that's important. You can't live without water, but like when you live in a house, you don't have to think about these things where when you're on the road, you have such a sense of accomplishment at the tiniest thing. And I think that's kind of why people who live this lifestyle and who thrive in this lifestyle are all glass half full people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, everything is going to shit in a handbag, but I have a warm space. And like, you right. know, it's like you're all these little things become yes. so much more important. And then I thought I think it also makes achievement more relevant to you. Like knowing that achievement is something that you want to have often in your life. It allows you to strive for more. So yes. like, for a lot of us, we, we are continuing to strive every day whether it's like a social media type of work, whether it's, you know, a marketing type of work, whether it's, you know, whatever type of work you're doing, you're, you're trying to achieve and find it and fit and like yeah. you know, make money and what whatever it is, but you might not even be making money. It might be hiking a mountain, you know, right. it's just like we, we strive to make achievements. And I think that overall allows us to all know that no matter what we do in life, we'll be successful. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel that a hundred percent, like, you know, because it is, you are taking a risk by doing this and you are sort of pushing yourself to your limits, right? Like as, as to what you can do, how self-sufficient can you truly, truly be like you're off grid living? I mean, essentially you're, you're self-contained, you know? So I think that's not working. Sorry. My husband just came in. He's the Jackery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Say hi, Steven. Hi. No, come here and say hi. What's up, Steven? <laughs> you look fine. <laughs> What's up? How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Came over to say hi too. He's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, Steven, while we have you here for a quick soundbite on the podcast, what has been like the best thing for you about living in a van? Like, what makes you so excited to like continue this lifestyle? Yeah. You know, I think for me, like with van life, it was less about like the van and more about the life part of it. Right. Like the, 
the minimalism that come that you're forced into when you're in a small space like that. Um, you just don't have a lot of the sort of stress and because you don't have the stuff, you know, like all the things you have sort of require attention. It's what you need, right? You're it's useful to some degree. It's like, yeah, you only have the things that you really need and care about. And so, and you're not spending all your free time sort of like working for all the other stuff you have to maintain, uh, which is great. And it allows you to focus your time on like other things, you know? And so that to me was like the real benefit is just the simplicity that came with it. And the fact that you could just get to places and stay there and not have to like rush back. Right. Like we would spend a lot of our time just trying to, you know, plan a trip, get out to a place. And then we'd have to like rush back and get back to work. And then you're sort of like wiped out um, on both ends. Cause you're, <laughs> you're getting a cat, get caught up on work yeah. Um, and you had a big trip, you know, all that. So yeah, for me, it's definitely just the, the simplicity and the ability to just be out at cool places longer. Yeah. I think they shouldn't call it vacation. They should call it hurry up and rush. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's what vacation is like in yeah. a traditional lifestyle. Hurry up, get out there, do everything you can, come back home, yeah. feel tired. Right. Yeah, for sure. So this is totally offside, but you have a beautiful beard. It's very well made. Yeah. Is this an <laughs> on-the-road like van life adaption, or was this like corporate, Steven? No, for sure. I, well, I would grow it out like each year around this time of year, like a little bit, um, like as much as I thought I could get away with. Um and then I'd get rid of it sort of. No, Steven's, Steven's so. typical attire pre van life was suits and ties wow. and, yeah. a, and a clean shaven face. Yeah. So I went hardcore the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the beard like comes with like, there's certain things that just come with van life. Like for the guys, it's like a beard and like Crocs, you know, or not. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the Crocs or the uh, what are the other shoes that everybody wears? The Birkenstocks or the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the sandals that start with a C. I'm trying to think what they call. They can't. Oh, the or something like that. No, no, the Chicos, ta- ta- right? yeah, I don't know what they call. Chicos. Chicos. There you go. Chicos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, Alexis was telling us all about how you guys, your relationship is doing so much better on the road. I feel like it's just like you get rid of a lot of stress. Like there's new stress, obviously, of like finding places to sleep and having water and like, you know, are you set up properly and all that. But like, you don't have to commute to work every day. You don't have, you know, a boss breathing down your neck. Like, I think a lot of what kind of drives couples apart in, you know, 21st century living is that you are so stressed out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because you've got a lot of competing priorities that are asking for your attention and you're supposed to give a hundred percent to every single thing. And it, it can be challenging for sure. Yeah. And I think when you're in like an office environment, right, you're dealing with people all day. And so you come home, you kind of just want to like be by yourself. Right. And, <laughs> and in like a big house, it's easy to just like go find a room, close the door and just kind of like ignore each other. Right. And then you don't, you don't have those conversations, those like right. check-ins because you're just sort of secluded in different parts of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the van, like when we first got on the road, it was definitely seemed like there was like the stress, like we would have these sort of like um, issues like arise. It's only like the first week we were in like a new place. Um, and then like we would have these like arguments that we didn't actually have like at home, but they like helped us kind of like they sort of like force the issues. And so we, like got them sort of out of the way 
And then we learn to like actually have like how to kind of negotiate that stuff in a more productive yeah. way because we were having to do it. It's like, well, this isn't helpful, you know? Yeah. And you can't just like have a fight and then go hide in a room, right? So no. like if you're gonna like, have- I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you too. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. do you want to go get in and out? <laughs> like, <laughs> you kind of have to just force yourself to get over those things. And I think like it's good for our kids to see that too, you know, because you know, who knows if we would have stayed in our old lifestyle, like what our kids would have witnessed as a as relationship and and how we dealt with things like not head on versus now where it's like okay like you know yeah we're like yeah I'm mad at daddy but we're working it out and we're gonna yeah. figure you know like but I'm not mad anymore you know right it's not like two weeks of passive aggressiveness no, there's no <laughs> for that when you're traveling full-time like yeah. it's just it would be toxic. Even sure. our disagreements are more efficient. You know, yeah. I mean? <laughs> like we've we've streamlined our disagreements. Like <laughs> we get them settled real quick. And it's fun. I think there's less. Uh, at least I feel this way. Like there's less like um, pride or stubbornness in yeah. our like. It's like like I'm instant to realize like recognize when Alexis is like right about something. I'm just like yeah. Like it's not worth any energy to like argue about something that doesn't make sense. Right. Like, we just we just get it figured out and just like go you know yeah i think too a lot of the issues that you face on the road are things that you just have to figure out and go yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. if it's about the van or something that broke or like going to the next spot it's like well, how are we going to dwell on this like we need to make a decision yes. now and like right. maybe you think we should do a and i think we should do b but like yeah. whatever let's just do something because right. we need to move on yeah. well yeah and even if like you know, we've had like some sort of issue I, like i'm quick to he's the guy that does all the fixing thing and it's like I could be like, well, damn it, Steven, why didn't you do that? Like, instead, I'm like, okay, how can I be the most supportive, the most encouraging? How can I, like, get the kids out of his hair? Or, you know, I'm now I'm trying to troubleshoot in different ways so that, like, it doesn't add anything, any more stress to what we're already dealing with. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, okay, how do I, you know, make sure that this doesn't become a big issue? It's just, it's just a bump in the road and like we've had them before and we can keep moving on you know so steven since you were a suit and tie guy previously coming into this life and having to deal with the issues when they arise did that make you feel like that you thought about you know getting to projects a bit differently or uh did it teach you more about you know hands-on stuff i don't know what you've done before that previously were you already like a hands-on kind of guy yeah, so I worked like in uh, high school and college. I worked uh, construction, doing like residential remodels and stuff. And I so like before I got into the, the suit and tie world, um, yeah, I was definitely like pretty handy, and that helped. Like we built out, I built out our van um, for the most part, and so I feel pretty comfortable with that stuff. The, the real challenge on the road is like making sure you have the right tools for the job. Um, and I'm a I'm a backpacker too, so like I I geek out on gear, and so I'm really big about like having the right tools for the job um, and like doing kind of the research to make sure I've got what I need and then just troubleshooting stuff. I don't, it's funny. Like I like to be able to do it, but I don't enjoy doing it in the moment. Like, right? like, I, like I, I get super annoyed when things don't work the way they're supposed to, right? Like I know I can fix it, but it's also like, I know it's on me to do it. And like, it's just, you know, right. They, they don't, it's not like scheduled maintenance. It's just things break and pop up and then you're like, okay, now I have to deal with this right now. Whatever I had planned for today is just shot. Right. Um, yeah. That's Your just priorities get shifted very quickly. Totally. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I know that we're coming up on our hour. I feel like we could talk with you guys for a whole nother hour, just about <laughs> totally. you know, everything. We'll have to pick up the conversation in Baja yes. this winter. We would love that. We're going to Baja this oh, year. Oh, nice. Yeah, Heck yeah. You guys are going to love it. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely so, just sync up. A hundred percent. We'll come find you and, you know, we'll park up on the beach for a couple of days and, you know, enjoy some margaritas and tacos together yes. and, you know. I just recently found out that one of the people that we met on the road snowboarding uh, in 2019-20 season uh, lives in Baja now, too. And he was like, bring whoever you want. I got a big old house and like, you know, <laughs> park awesome. and plug in. I got everything anybody needs. So I don't know. Maybe we'll all be able to go hang out there. We'll see. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Our final question that we always ask, if you have another minute, if you yeah. had any advice to people who were thinking about getting on the road, what would you tell them? With the family specifically, I With guess. the family specifically? Okay. I think, um, one, give yourself time. We set a date um, a year in advance, and we said, okay, we're going to work towards that. We, like, stop buying stuff. Like, that's 100%. Start saving all of your money. Um and then slowly start getting rid of the things that you know you're not going to put in storage or need. But like make a plan, I think is sort of the big thing. And then, you know, for us, especially with kids, I think, and being so close with our family, part of that plan was like, okay, how are we going to break the news to our family? And like, we literally, like I have it in my notes still to this day, like, one, two, three, four, five, like, here are the things that we're going to do. Here's when we're, you know, like we'll come visit and then having those open and honest conversations because you're, and then letting the questions come to you. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have people ask some pretty invasive questions about like your parenting and, you know, your relationship. And I think that, um, it's not because there's necessarily judgment. It's just, it's such a unique way to live that people, they just don't know. Yeah. Um, they need a minute to get their head around it. It's- yeah. But I think make the plan. And then honestly, like once that's all ready to go and you've got like a good little nest egg um, to help you so that you're not stressing to find Wi-Fi and work and all that, like just go for it. Like there is, no, no, there's not going to be like one year from now, two years from now is not going to be any better than today. Yeah. There's um, so many resources that like, there's so many more resources. So many more than when we, even just two and a half years ago when we started, I feel like um, now we have this like great network of people and van life and RV life that, you know, we can lean on and that, you know, lean on us to some degree. And I think that that having that, that network of people on the road is is really, really huge. Yeah. My advice would be to just pick a date, like set a date for the day that you're leaving. And like, once you have that date down on paper, like everything else, it it changes everything. Cause it's like, this is the date we're committed to. And then you just kind of start working back from that date. And it's amazing. Like once you have that date down, how things start falling into place, he's like, you have a goal now. It's like to get on the road by that date. And then you just start working towards that in like a really actionable way where if you don't have like that's part of like the never say someday yeah. sounds like is not to say it's like put a date down and don't say something like pick put a date down and commit to it and then it's things will just start falling into place because you have something you're working towards yeah and i think for, for families that are looking to do it like have the conversations with your kids right like we didn't just like stumble into this we literally were camping almost every weekend or going out on road trips and so like our kids 
they had a framework. They had an understanding of like, Hey, like mommy and daddy are really thinking like, this is something we want to do. We called it our great big adventure. Um, cause we would always say like, we're going on an adventure this weekend or whatever. And so having that, like those conversations with the kids and then allowing them to understand like, Hey, you're going to have, we're going to like, my kids had a whole playroom of toys. Like all you have to pick your favorites and put it in a backpack. Each of you get a backpack <laughs> and, um, working with them slowly to understand, like not, this isn't a big abrupt change, like, right. Like this is months and months and months of preparation and conversations that, um, we feel like my mother-in-law is knocking. So, um, you know, I think like having those conversations and just prepping them, um, helps tremendously because kids don't, they're not going to understand it until they are in it for, you know, a large part of that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then giving them, giving them the opportunity to speak up and, you know, and, and adjust as you go. Right. Like if they hate it, Hey, it's your kids, man. You can't, you know, you don't want them to have regrets. Yes, of course. Yeah. But I like what you said about kind of almost like priming them for the lifestyle, you know, like it's not just like, Hey, good morning. Today's the day that we're moving out of the house into the van, you know, like having these conversations and like, you know, building up yeah. and creating a picture in their mind too. Cause yeah. like, you know, your kids were quite young when you got on the road that it's like, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to fully conceptualize what this means, right. but if they have like a general idea or a picture and they're excited about it. Yeah. And they can be, important. they can have their emotions. Like let your kids have their emotions. We sat in our house. It was totally empty and we all cried and we were like, thank you home for providing us, th- you know, this amazing life the ability for this to be a, you know, a jumping, um, you know, jumping off point into this next cool phase of our life. Like kids have to be able to manage those emotions and and feel those emotions. And that's part of this lifestyle is going to be hard. And with kids, I think it's just, you know, it sort of makes it even harder sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us, we always wanted to come home. That's why we're home right now. You know, a couple weeks before Christmas, it's really important for us to be with family and whatnot. And I think you just have to listen to your, your kids and help guide them along this journey. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to thank talk you. with us today. We're really excited to meet you in person later this winter. And Frankie will be the adult that your kids love to run. I love with. it. Yeah, <laughs> I will totally play with them, I promise. <laughs> All right, Alexis, thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. It's so incredible to hear about people's lives on the road, especially families. Alex and I are in our mid 30s, so we are starting to think about that type of lifestyle for ourselves. And I think it's really nice to see these other people on the road who are really doing it and thriving. The kids are thriving. Their relationship is thriving. Um, So it's really like, you know, you look to the people who you want to be like and the people whose, you know, lives you want to emulate. And not in like a, you know, a vapid social media kind of way. But like, you know, I feel like Alexis really broke it down for us in terms of, you know, the good and the bad. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is that Van life is very much for glass half full kind of people. Yeah, yeah. And not only is it for glass half full kind of people, 
But it's for people that are interested in actually moving around. There are a lot of people out there that are not interested in going place to place and exploring new avenues and, and also getting to know different types of people. Not everybody's into that. And that's okay. Well, yeah, not everybody's going to be into van life. I will will say one of the things that I picked up from it is that if you want to know about a certain lifestyle, you should go straight to the source. And that's what we did. We want to know about family on the road and living with, you know, with children on the road, right? Because when we talk to people in our close circle, they don't live on the road. You know, and they automatically well, like assume... like our friends are, with, we grew up with. Correct. They automatically assume that you have to live in a stationary house in order for kids to have a good life. And, you know, I get the point of why you would think that, but there's always another option. Don't knock it till you try it is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Right. And, like, van life isn't for everybody, and so a lot of parents couldn't imagine doing van life with kids because they couldn't imagine doing van life, period. I also will say is that, say we did have a child and we are on the road, right? We're going to look at our life, we're going to look at our kid's life, and we're going to look at the quality of everything. We're going to say, is this life really worth it for all of us? Is it benefiting our child? Because if it's not, we might change up our lifestyle. Just know that everybody's situations change over time, and it's okay if they do. Just it's okay to be open to everything and try all different things out. Mm-hmm. And I think Alexa said it really well when it was like, you know, we want to keep doing this, but if the kids hate it, then you know we'll get off the road, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you're making the best choices for you in those moments, and you know. Nobody's saying that because you move into a van, you have to live in a van the rest of your life, or you're not really van life, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, everything, you know, to every season, turn, turn, turn. Like Just you, doing something for a portion of time makes you part of that lifestyle, no matter what it is. Right, or you get it, or you understand it, or you, you know, look at the people who live in vans differently than people who don't. Like, it's almost like, you know, if you're a waiter at a restaurant, if you've ever been a waiter at a restaurant... You look at waiters at restaurants very differently. Differently than people who have never been a waiter. A hundred percent. And so I think the same thing is true of van life. You know, people wanting to get into it, people who've been in it. You know, it's a growing community, whether you're currently living in a van or not, or you're just, like, supportive of that lifestyle. I think that anybody can do it, no matter what your family structure looks like. And, you know, there's always obstacles and hurdles and challenges to overcome for your particular circumstance, but they are all overcomable. Yeah. And like Alex said, like Alexa said, it's a glass half full kind of lifestyle. Try to start looking at things on the brighter side. Try to, you know, gain this perspective and this mindset. It takes a lot to get there. Some people never do, you know, and that's okay. But we would love for you to try to see the glass half full. Well, screw glass half full because my glass is all the way full (laughs) after this week's shout out because we got our first ever 
anchor supporter. What? Did you know that that was the thing? Because I did not really know. Neither did I. But we got to give a huge thank you to Eve for supporting the podcast through Anchor. We are so thankful for you, Eve. Thank you so much for signing up as an Anchor supporter. If you would like to do the same, come on over to our page on anchor.fm slash FNA Van Life, and you can help us keep this podcast coming. Or if you want to do something that's completely free, just leave a five-star review and a comment on the podcast wherever you listen to it. Help this podcast get shared to more people. We would super appreciate it. But a huge big up to our first anchor supporter, Eve, you are FNA. You rock, baby. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for all the support. And guys, remember that we have these episodes coming out every single Sunday. So we hope that you have an FNA day. We'll see you next Sunday.